Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Progressive Britain podcast. This is the extra show where we quickly cover the week's big issues. I'm Connor Pope and I'll be talking to Progress Deputy Director Stephanie Lloyd about the government's defeats this week and Labour's Brexit position. Two government defeats this week then, Steph. Theresa May's probably had better weeks. Uh, first of all, on Tuesday. When, when would she have had a better? I mean, they're all awful. <laughs> Can you imagine the week when she called the general election? She probably went, yeah, that was a good week. I am yeah. 18 points ahead in the polls. <laughs> not the week Not the week where the results came in, though. That was a no, bad week. But and I, it's gone solidly down. But to be fair, from the minute she called that general election, pretty steadily downhill. I think. Yeah, I think most weeks before the general election were probably right. good weeks for her. In comparison, basically like a holiday yeah. to where she currently sees herself sitting. But but anyway, so I, sta- yeah. I stand by what I said. Yeah. I think Theresa May has had better <laughs> weeks than this one, in which on Tuesday night there was a defeat, uh, the Yvette Cooper Amendment, which was lost uh, 303 to 296, which was an amendment on a finance bill, which is the first time a government has lost an amendment like that since 1978. So that's quite bad. She's racking up all the achievements, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, she's a real record setter, yeah. And that was, uh, yeah, that was about giving Parliament more power over no-deal preparations and that kind of thing. Mm. Then there was the um, hoo-ha of the Dominic Grieve Amendment on Wednesday, which meant that if the withdrawal agreement uh, vote is lost next week, which probably will be, then the government will have to bring back um, a new uh, deal before Parliament within three, three days. days. Yeah, three days. The, the, obviously, there was a lot of uh, constitutional unhappiness in the Commons about that towards the Speaker allowing it. Um, and that was eventually lost 308 to 297. Um, yeah, because, I mean, obviously, lots of, the, lots of the people who wanted us to leave or want us to leave without a deal were furious that this had been put down and accepted. Then lots of the arguments on the other side were, if you don't like it, you can just vote against it. And then they basically shouted at each other for around two hours and the speaker while shouting point of order, point of order, which was, it was, it was a very odd scene to watch. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, Well, of course you did. I was like, I thought they'd all calm down a bit after Christmas. Clearly not. 
I know that I know there was a lot of you know kind of tutting and people going, "This is we're so out of touch with the country." But it was a, it was a good laugh, removed from the context of quite how serious this argument is. Yeah, the fact that very funny. if this goes wrong, we have you know no you know we're going to be in coal for no we won't even have that. What will we have? Tinned goods. But ignoring that, yeah, ignoring- really funny, really funny. Um, but very significant. Another defeat yet again. The idea that they've got three days to come back with a plan. And seeing as she doesn't, I mean, she will, the one thing she seems to be only good at doing is she refuses to talk in any form of hypothetical. So we have no idea what she is actually planning. Yeah. Other than currently wooing, and trying to woo MPs with drinks at number 10, mm. which I think would probably be nice, but probably won't make you change your mind. She, she rang around um, trade union leaders this week as well, actually. But that went well. Did your, mom, <laughs> did your mom get a call then? Is this no, why? No, I, no I, don't think, I don't think she was trying to uh, quite that far down the, uh, the trade union um, pecking order. But, um, but yeah, no, apparently she rang Tim Roach and Len McCluskey. Well, I mean, Len's quite a fan of, yeah, well, you know, well, certainly not the Labour position of Brexit. So. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see quite how that conversation went. But the, the, the arguments against John Burko this week, nah, I'm not a John Burko fan by any means for obviously lots of reasons. Mm. But the arguments against him was that, you know, the speaker is acting in an unprecedented fashion. It's kind of unprecedented times. <laughs> it's like, buddy, what is the precedent for this? <laughs> Which bit of... When was the last time we tried to drive the country off of a cliff? <laughs> yeah. And what should we do about it? So, yeah, it was it was a remarkable day to watch in parliament and deeply depressing i mean to be fair one of my favorite bits though was when jess phillips stood up and was like everybody only seems to care about these things if it's not going the way they want Mm. like if the precedent and the decisions that are being made on a technical basis about the order of debates and the tone and how it all works she was like if you agree with it you seem to kind of be fine if not it's the world's biggest outrage and that is that is basically the answer of politics isn't it there was a clip going around Twitter this week of um, a point of order from the 1990s, and I'd completely forgotten about this. But if, if you used to want shocking to, that, yeah, if you used to want to make a point of order, you had to put on this top hat. I think it was no, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they only got rid of it. You know, like if you, in 1998 or 99, they got rid of this. But yeah, uh, uh, given the, I'd the have sh- loved to have seen them all in a top hat. Given the sheer, of all of the absurdity that we've still kept of parliamentary procedure, I think that should have stayed. Oh, given the sheer Probably number not. of points of order that happened on Wednesday afternoon them all having to pass around a top hat and put that on before they speak would have been absolutely fantastic. Given how funny it was already, and I attest very funny, yeah. Um, then that would have just completely topped it off for me. Oh, geez. Right, so what else we had? We had Jeremy's big speech. Yeah, I wanted to come on to that, which clarified Labour's Brexit stance, let's I, say. I wish people could see my face right now. <laughs> so that was on Thursday. Yeah. In Wakefield. Yeah. What did you, I mean, did you feel it clarified the position much? No, if I'm honest. If you want a simple answer, no, not particularly. The whole thing was very odd. I mean. I think, I think the, what, one of the important things that came out this week was essentially Corbyn and others around the Labour front bench did seem to accept the reality that at some point, they may have to support delaying Article 50. It seems very unlikely now that... I'm glad they're finally on board yeah, with this. Yeah, you know, leaving on, on March 29th, probably not the best idea. Mm. So that's, you know, that's an important step, I think. Um, I, actually, I thought Corbyn's uh, stuff about um, the people of uh, Tottenham and the people of Mansfield, the people of Tottenham 
face all of these. Uh, I love that that is the world that Jeremy Corbyn split <laughs> it into, though. It's like Tottenham or Mansfield, nothing in between. Okay. <laughs> but um, but his, his point was that if you lived in Tottenham, you, you face a lot of issues um, and probably voted Remain. And if you live in Mansfield, you face actually a lot of the same issues, but probably decided to vote Leave. And actually, the Brexit argument is slightly removed from all of those very similar issues that those people face, um, which I think is a very good analysis. And basically, I completely agree with, but I just think it needs the next step in the argument going, well, but... Brexit, Therefore, we would. But Brexit is not the solution to these problems mm. then, because neither is the, you know, the European Union is not the cause of these problems. And so leaving it isn't the solution. And that's, I kind of would have liked to have seen a bit more um, of that. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of things with the speech. I mean, he was asked, and they did the kind of Q&A afterwards, which was, if anyone watched it, one of the most remarkably staged Q&As I've ever seen. But um, there was a, they were asked very, he was asked very specifically about, one, about a people's vote. And obviously we've seen kind of really high profile figures uh, on the left of the Labour Party, Paul Mason, et cetera, mm. really coming out strong for, the left case for a people's vote and why that's so important and why that is, you know, where Labour members are and, and what we should see as the Labour response to that. With barely veiled criticisms of um, particularly, uh, you know, high profile people within Unite as mm. well, which which I think is quite an interesting move from Paul Mason. Whether mm. it's the best idea, I'm not sure, but certainly, you know, you don't have to read very far between the lines to work out quite who he's having a pop-out in his uh, New Statesman article. You don't. You definitely don't. But I think the thing that I thought was quite interesting about it is, so when he was asked that question, you know, well, if you can't get a general election, what do you do? Or if you get a general election, what are your policies? And the kind of standard lines were trumped out of policies made by our membership and our conference. And it's all very clear. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, it is, it is very clear. And we've spoken about it on the podcast before. And it's the idea that if the vote, if the deal gets voted down, then we call it a confidence vote. And there's been, you know, was it Andrew, was it Andrew Gwynn this week and Barry Gardner? Who was it this yeah. week? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of made it very, they kind of spoke out this week and said they thought that would be something that happens very, very quickly, almost immediately after that vote. But they would both go used down. the word immediately. So yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to find out that immediately has some other sort of definition that I was not previously aware of. Well, this was it. So when Jeremy was asked about it on Thursday, he was he kind of was like, No, no, it will happen at the point that we think it will be the most effective. But if you look at the timeline of what would happen, if if they lost the vote and they did it immediately the general election and they and they won that no confidence vote, which seems tenuous at best yeah. at possibility of going through, the general election would happen mid-March and we leave at the end of March. So that gives them two weeks. If they delay any more than that, the general election would take place after we're meant to leave the European Union. And, you know, you would think by logic that it would therefore, if we had a general election that was called, Theresa May would write to the European Union and extend or revoke Article 50. But logic appears to have left any sense of this debate whatsoever and the entirety of the parliamentary building. So it is slippery ground of which they are playing on right now. And the clock is running down and the clock then runs down to no deal and disaster. So at some point they are going to have to make a move. And I wonder how quickly they will do it after after the vote. So my um, and then what do they do next? Yeah, my back of a fag packet 
calculations because all of this is set in stone you're now. mostly just upset that all these back of the fact packet calculations happen around your birthday <laughs> yeah, and mainly, just to, yeah, just to yeah, make yeah. listeners deeply aware <laughs> of his motives um, but so if, if because there is um the two weeks after a no confidence vote if it's successful in which you can try and uh, form a new government which probably wouldn't happen and then from there there was 25 working days um, and so all of this is set out in the uh, Fixed Term Parliament Act 2011. So you can actually just work out the date of a general election if this was the way that you wanted to trigger it. So if the Brexit deal falls on Tuesday and they call the no confidence vote on the Wednesday, it's usually accepted by the government. In, in past no confidence votes, the government takes it pretty quickly. So you, you would expect it to possibly happen on the Wednesday. If it happened on the Wednesday then the general election, I think, would be in for March the 7th. Mm. If it's any day after that, I think we're looking at March 14th yeah. by my calculations, which, as Steph said, if you do want to send me any presents or hack into my bank account, is my birthday. <laughs> um, and as you say, you know, if, if, if then there is a new prime minister on March 15th, there were exactly two weeks mm-hmm. before Article 50, you know, becomes a reality and we leave. In that situation, then, yeah, you uh, the Prime Minister would have two weeks then in which they could choose to delay leaving the European Union. Otherwise, you know, that is, it does become too late. Obviously, you can have it on the, the general election, can wait until the 21st of March. So you've got another week breathing space at this end, and you, then you've got a week at the other end. After that, it's March 28th. A new Prime Minister comes in on March 29th. On the 29th, we're gone. Like, there isn't time then to to delay Article 50. And so Jeremy Corbyn's suggestion, actually they want to wait for the right moment um, in which uh, to call a no confidence vote is slightly concerning because there isn't a function that he can do beforehand uh, to delay Article 50. I mean, I presume, and, my, and this my is presumption it, right? This here, is the bit where everybody's going into this with good faith, that the fact that this is his tactic, that he wants to get a general election because he wants to be able to do a radical Labour government mm. and deal with brexit in whatever way now we can we can talk in you know there's other podcasts for other days about the length of which you know what he wants to do with that but if it becomes a point where this is delayed so much that as you say you can't extend or we fall off the cliff of no deal and all of this happens and there is no there is nothing that he does in between that to stop what is about to happening Mm. he becomes unbelievably culpable for the disaster that this country will face. And if it, if the, if it it will seem that it is just a delay tactic and not a tactic in terms of how to, you know, best serve the country through Labour values, then I think he's in a very, very dangerous situation because I think that is one of the things that people won't quite forgive. And it will, you know, as I say, everybody is currently acting in pretty reasonably good faith of, okay, if you want this to be the plan, you kind of really have to be able to see this through. And it's the point where, you know, what is yet to be clear, other than all options remain on the table, is how quickly they will then move towards a people's vote as the policy if the deal is voted down and they do their vote of no confidence and it doesn't pass. And that's the bit where it all, and that's why that kind of pressure from people like Paul Mason is is vitally important. Um, and we've been doing, you know, Labour Say activists across the country have been lobbying their MPs and everything as well to try and shift this dial because that is the only other option at this point um, if he does not get what he wants in the general election, which seems almost, it seems just as unlikely as the deal passing in and of itself. Because what he did with his big speech this week essentially was lay out some 
long-term arguments about actually what he wants the country to be like and trying to bring people together. And that is a really healthy and positive thing for a politician to be doing. However, the entire speech felt like a post-Brexit speech in what is frankly still a pre-Brexit world. Um, and there is a lot to be done before you get to that point about, how, about bringing the country together. And frankly, a lot of it at this point is procedural. But all of the procedural arguments that you will get into, as we saw with the points of order this week, are completely dominated by the values uh, behind them. And so, yeah, the kind of silly standing up and having those arguments might feel a bit naff and a bit removed from people's lives. But actually, these are the really important bits and you need to be completely on top of it and, um, you know, embracing that level of things uh, over the next, well, couple of months, but really, really in the next couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah, I really don't know... Other than Theresa May losing her, de- uh, her vote on Tuesday, which I'm pretty confident will happen, hmm. uh, I'm not really sure quite what happens after that because we've not really been given Everyone's a, keeping proper, their cards very a, a, close a, to a their proper chest. indication hmm. from Jeremy Corbyn this week. And quickly, let's just do the pub quiz question. The pub quiz question this week was about those lorries in, in the in the Dover, in the No Deal so they in in the best county in the country yeah mm-hmm. yeah um the, the car park of england they planned for 150 lorries to get in a traffic jam <laughs> literally to queue up and pretend um and my uh, new question was how many um it 85 89 how many Didn't lorries, even know my own question how many lorries actually turned up and they got paid for this as well oh yeah they got paid hundreds of pounds just to do that. Oh, Chris Grayling truly is a genius. Um, Alistair Harding, champion quiz answerer, he got that right on yeah. Twitter this week. 89 lorries turned up when they planned for 150. <laughs> Which just gives you so much faith. You can't even faith. plan a queue properly. It gives you faith in the no deal preparations, doesn't it? All these people going, no deal will be fine. It's like we can't even do pretend. a pretend. We can't even do a pretend no deal now. <laughs> Um, we'll be back on Tuesday um, with a new episode ahead of the big Brexit vote in the Commons. Don't miss out on that. So make sure that you subscribe now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Progressive Britain podcast. The music is When in the West by Blue Dot Sessions, licensed under Creative Commons. And this episode was produced by Carolyn Crampton. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.